Hello, this is Christy Kendall with Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. So welcome, Carrie Ann. We have Carrie Ann joining us today. She's the founder of Meraki Experiences and Events. So welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today about your events and just a little bit about your journey and how you got here. So we would love to hear a little bit about that. If you want to share that with us. Absolutely. So um, would you like me to start from kind of where I started? Yeah. Okay. So um, I started out my career um, actually as a violinist. That was, I was never in question about what I wanted to do. And um, in my early 20s, I had a little bit of a heartbreak and a trauma, um, as many people do when they're, you know, going down their chosen career path. I've just noticed um, over interviewing so many people that a lot of times that thing that, that so many leaders and entrepreneurs are doing kind of happens by accident, or it's the second thing that they um, that they start focusing on. So the way I got into um, hosting retreats and planning events is really by accident. Started out as a classical violinist, um, went straight into corporate after that disappointment trauma. And then that saving grace for me in corporate was in planning large-scale events, multi-day offsites. And I think the thing that I loved about it so much was um, the, the common thread through my music and everything that I've ever done was moving people, moving their emotions, having the impact on people to, to um, impact them emotionally and change their environment. And um, to, to just make changes and, and make um, their direction and their purpose to, to make it fun. So productive play is, is kind of one of the themes that I, I tr live by when creating my events. Mm, I like that. First thing I thought of when you said that was how good men are at playing. Yeah. And I think women have to remind ourselves and be intentional with that more so. Yes, absolutely. Um, give me, can you give me an example of just so I, so we're tracking the same here. Yeah, I don't know why that popped into my head, but I, I really believe that's true. I look at boys and young men and older men and there's, it's almost like a, a forefront focus in their life playing. Mm -hmm. they, they're, they're, they'll go play sports outside. They'll um, play video games. They'll, they're very playful in general, just games and mm -hmm. in their daily life women, and this could just be belief systems, you can correct me all day long, but uh, I notice that it's very easy for men and boys to go play. Girls are more likely to take care of everything. And mm, yeah. we've had to learn how to come back to play. Oh, I love that. And it's, it's so in line with what I believe, because what's interesting about that is that um, one of the things that I really focus on because my events are based on a purpose. So they're productive play. And in other words, when I host my retreats, it's not just a vacation. It's not just time off. It's not just a digital detox, but 
what project or passion do you have that you really want to bring forward? And the reason I started doing uh, my events that way is because um, the conditions that foster creativity are exactly what you what you mentioned, play. So it's actually much more productive to bring play into any kind of corporate meeting or corporate retreat or even a life reinvention. Um, and and it's, it's just more flexible. I think even Google does that. Um, you know, Google has a, a nap room that uh, you can set the alarm for it and it vibrates when they wake up. So they've woven play into the fabric of their corporate culture as well. So I just love that and totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear more about these Meraki experiences and, and the events that you that you facilitate. Um, but let's start with pulling a card. So these are my and cards, you know, question cards. Yeah. This one Fun. Yes. Ooh, this is a good one I haven't pulled yet. How do you find peace? Mm. Well, I was blessed in 2014 to go through a very difficult period in my life. And um, just as we all have, we've all gone through, you know, kind of struggles where the, the sea is choppy and we just need an anchor. So I actually began Transcendental Meditation in 2014 just so that I could calm and find that peace. And so that's what I've been doing. I meditate 20 minutes. I'll be honest, I don't always do twice a day, but I do do it at least once a day. And that for me is a huge anchor because I know I can always calm and quiet my mind. It gives me a calm, alert focus. Um, also being out in nature. Mm -hmm. That's my peace drug. So your retreats, I'm, I see a picture of you as I'm talking to you and you are swimming in the ocean with a dolphin. Um, so that's obviously the epitome of nature. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm assuming you do that with your retreats and incorporate that very deeply into your retreats. Is that the case? Yes. Um, my, my retreats are kind of just me given as a gift to them. So I love to infuse magic. I love to disrupt patterns. Um, there might be, I think one mistake a lot of people make with retreats is that they turn them into traveling workshops. So may, they might go to an exotic location, but then they overfill all of the activities and they do all of these intensive workshops, which there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I like to create a little bit more space because I feel like sometimes you might have a morning workshop or a session and then you go out to swim with the dolphins and you have new insights, you know, you're really moving the energy. So new ideas come to you and also fostering collaboration. I tried to create the architecture for, um, for innovation by, by sharing ideas from different um, industries and different people. So it's, um, I, I just get, I totally geek out on kind of the environmental architecture of an event and I just love it. So what made you or what inspired you to take on retreats and events as a profession? Because we all love to go to them, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you were definitely yeah. divinely inspired to yeah. 
create them and facilitate them. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think it's really the only thing that I loved um, when I was in corporate um, from 2000, um, from 2002 to 2019, I was in corporate and then I'd been planning events for the last five years in corporate. And, and it's really, it's the thing that everyone came to me for, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, people, like you said, love the idea of going to the event and attending it. But what I found was that things would often fall to me like people would drop the ball. So they said, you're great at this and you love to do it. So I think also I'm, I'm extremely organized. So I love the meta skill of pulling all these tiny pieces together. Um, it's really, a, it's a big production and it's theater and, um, and it's just something I love. And, you know, I, I wanna mention this too. Um, because you, I love the words that you chose there. What, what led you to take this on? And when I heard take this on, I thought, wow, that sounds really like, that sounds like a big responsibility or something. And, and I think an important distinction to remember is that it doesn't, it doesn't feel big to me. It just feels natural. Um, mm -hmm. And this, and I think that's great for anyone listening to remember is that you know, what you're meant to do or your passion should feel like it just emanates from you. It should feel easy. It's not, you know, if you're aware, it's not something you have to really be strategic about or like, oh, I should do this. It's like, what are you doing naturally? What are you doing in your free time? And um, I found when I, when I was learning the violin, same thing, people kind of, people would ask, wow, you must be so disciplined. Um, you know, to, to be practicing violin until 2 a.m. in the bathroom when you're 16. And I said, no, it's, it's discipline to me. It's like, feels like something that's difficult to do that you have to force yourself to do. Mm. I was obsessed with the violin, that that was my passion. And so, so yeah, I think it's just, you know, you find your love and then you, you kind of become obsessed with it and it doesn't, doesn't feel so big. Not to say that it's easy all the time, like with anything else, but um, yeah, it's just, I think I, I just, all of the hard work leading up to it, it's so worth it to me when you see how transformative immersions can be and um, the end result is just, you know, you just got to go for your end result. Mm -hmm. Well, I like the topic of easy versus, mm -hmm. you know, what you're saying, so because of the podcasts and what I do, I've done a lot of research and a lot of interviews with other healers and transformation facilitators. And there's a question I always ask, which is what's working really well for you in your business? And I would say over 90% of everybody always answers it with the same answer, you know, in their own words, but it always comes down to the work that they do. The work mm -hmm. that they do is what works. Mm. And and that makes so much sense because when you're doing something that you love, that you're passionate about, that comes to you naturally, it's not going to feel like work. <laughs> it's going to feel like ease, even when you have to put time into it or up level, it still feels like flow or alignment or ease. The struggles come mm -hmm. from doing the other things that you have to support it, that you have to do to support it being a, a source of income 
Mm -hmm. I now this is just my personal opinion. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is I personally believe that one of the biggest struggles entrepreneurs have is a refusal to delegate or collaborate. Oh, so, yeah, you know, thinking, yeah, point. right. <laughs> yes. Like I can do this all myself. I'm responsible. If it's going to get right, I need to get it done. Or, um, and, and really just like delegating those things that aren't your zone of genius and you don't have to do it all yourself. And actually in full transparency, um, this is the very first time I'm planning um, Hawaii retreats for next year in 2023. And it was a huge um, area of growth for me to decide, you know what, I, wanna, I want to co-lead my next retreat. Um, so I'm doing most of the planning, but I'm bringing someone on as a co-leader. Um, and I'm really excited about that project. Um, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to make the event more fun and she won't have to do a lot of the heavy list lifting, but she can still teach her content. So, so I love that's, I, I think more people should collaborate and, you know, on, on projects, you know, where they're making up for each other's weaknesses. Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. Let's look at the violin and the symphony. Mm. Because if you look at that, because that's what I thought of when you were talking about that is when you're in a symphony, you are one of many that make up this perfectly aligned, in sync, beautiful creation. Mm -hmm. And there's no way one person could do all that. You know, the, you've got the leader at the front facilitating the cues and you've got the different, um, you know, I'm not a musician, but I, I, I worked with a coach who was a violinist. She's a speaker and mm -hmm. has done extraordinary things. So she uses the violin and the symphony and the orchestra, all those things symbolically in her messaging and her coaching. So I, I resonate with what you're saying very much because I've, I've worked with somebody that comes from that same background. And when I think of watching this beautiful creation happening, in front of you, or sometimes you're not looking, you're just listening, but it's so finely perfected, I guess would be the word, orchestrated, something like that. So what you're saying really resonates with my spirit. And what would you say, what's your thoughts about that with delegation and how, and being a musician, delegation and being a musician? Hmm. Um, well, let's see. Well, so there are certain things in, in terms of being a musician in order to be able to contribute to the whole and stay in harmony. Um, you first have to kind of master your craft behind the scenes. So there's a lot of hours spent in isolation as a musician, just like a writer or just like an entrepreneur, just with any, any kind of creator. There, there's, you know, it's much more than 10,000 hours, you know, as Matt mm -hmm. Gladwell says, but, um, but then there's certain things that you can delegate. For example, I never would have been able to, um, to join a symphony if I didn't have, for example, along the way, a teacher that said, I've reached where I can, it's time for you to, to go on to this teacher. There's, there was always helpers uh, along the way. In fact, um, 
you know, and of course there are a lot of investments as well. Um, paying to study with someone great or studying um, for a competition. Um, in terms of the delegation, that's not really something you can outsource, but you can choose who, who are the best teachers for me and where do I need to be? Mm -hmm. um, as I love your analogy about the orchestra and the symphony though. And I actually got chills when you were talking about that because I, now that you mention it, you know, watching all the players and the conductor in a symphony, it's, it's kind of a mirror image of the universal design. You know, when you look at nature, it looks like a perfect symphony. Everything is so um, fine-tuned and the whole uh, ecology and environment works in concert together and in harmony. And I just, you know, that's, that's a great noble concept to aspire to, working together in harmony. And sometimes making our parts softer or louder in different places. You know, everyone has their, their moment in time to shine. And sometimes it's about supporting other players. Sometimes it's having a melody. Other times it's being an, an accompaniment. So I just love that analogy. And I think it's a great one. Yeah, I like what you said about sometimes we play louder or we play quieter or we give somebody else that shining light and it's kind of the same with coaching yeah you gotta sometimes you get to stand in the light and sometimes you want someone else to stand in the light and the other thing that resonated with me what you said about your teachers saying I've gotten you as far as I can get you it's time for you to up level to the next teacher or the next helper that's a really beautiful if you look at that really deeply, as far as being an entrepreneur or being a healer or a coach, there's so much fear out there when mm -hmm. people are starting out. I hear a lot of times, um, you know, I just don't feel confident or imposter syndrome or, you know, seeing hundreds and hundreds of coaches popping up and then people coming and coming to me saying, you know, they don't know if it's possible to make this work anymore. They don't know how to make themselves stand out. Uh, what, what, what's your take on that? Hmm. Great question. Well, I will say this, um, you know, I, so stage fright was, it wasn't really something I had because I had a violin in my hand since age of six, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't nervous sometimes on stage. And I'm going to use this to, as an analogy to what you were mentioning, how, you know, um, imposter syndrome and how do I show up? And so um, it was definitely one, one thing I found, and I don't know for sure if this is the same thing, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll attempt. One thing I found was that the more prepared I was for a performance, the more hours I had spent working on those problem spots, the problem areas, the more times I had performed, um, like a demo performance before the real performance, the mm -hmm. calmer I was. So I think all I, I, all I would say is don't, don't expect yourself to be perfect. Like get out there and speak as many places as you can, you know, share your, share your story, connect with people emotionally as much as you can and talk about what you do 
And I think it's just like with anything else, the more visible you are, I think the more confident you are. And what, what do they say? Um, confidence comes after competence or something like that. Well, one thing, one thing I say about confidence is confidence is your external game. Self-esteem mm-hmm. is your internal game. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be confident at something when you're starting out. You're not going to be confident at it if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Confidence comes from doing it, from being consistent, like you said, being prepared and sticking with it and getting those little successes, recognizing what you're doing and where you're making an impact and recognizing your strengths and just sticking with something long enough. That's where the confidence comes from. Yeah. It doesn't come from, oh, I decided to be this thing and now I'm confident. It will never happen that way. You can have confidence mm-hmm. with yourself and who you are, um, but tr- confidence in something comes from results, from experience and results. Right, right. And also when you mentioned self-esteem, I heard the most beautiful definition years ago that I really latched onto in terms of like what, what the definition of self-esteem is. And um, it was a psychologist actually. Um, and she said, do you want to, do you want to learn how to improve your self-esteem? Then do things that impress the crap out of yourself, you know, do <laughs> things where you're so impressed with yourself that you did it. And I think that's very true. So, um, sometimes that it's just a result of pushing through our fears, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I do do things that impress the crap out of yourself. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's funny how we can be teaching or talking about something that we've teach taught about and talked about for years and hours and hundreds of people. And once in a while, you'll still blow your own mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. We should all address that and really acknowledge that. Yeah. So let me ask you, we can ask each other and we'll answer the question. So what do yeah. you think like over the next 30 days, what do you think is one thing that you could do, you could do that would really impress yourself? And then I'll answer. That would impress myself. Okay. This is good. What can I do over the next 30 days that would impress myself? It would be to implement for myself all that I implement for my clients. I always mm. say it's so much easier to do it for everyone else. And so I don't do it for myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not something that I, I necessarily need, but having it would be that feeling of completing it and blowing your own mind. Like, mm-hmm. look what I did. You know, this is what I teach, but look what I did it for myself. <laughs> Totally. Um, I don't know if this, what I'm about to answer counts, but I just noticed that ever since uh, I used to be, and I still am kind of, but not really. I used to be a voracious reader. Like I love to learn. I used to read books all the time. And I noticed a, a very noticeable drop in reading books to completion um, post iPhone era. And so at the beginning of this year, I decided I'm going to read a book a week, like, you know, which sounds like a lot, right? But if you take out, you know, apps on your phone, and you give yourself an hour to read each day, or even 30 minutes, it's, 
it's a lot more possible than you would think. So um, my problem is I'm always finding new books that I want to read and new things that I want to learn about. And so I haven't managed to do that. Um, you know, the books that I read all the way through from cover to cover. Um, I think the last one I read, the last two books I read front to back, cover to cover um, were Make No Spot. Make No Small Plans by Elliot Bisnow and Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. That one I just started reading in the middle. Um, I couldn't put it down. I was like literally standing up <laughs> and I finished it and I'm like, oh, I guess I should read the first half of the book too. So yeah, for me, it would be reading. You know, what you just said resonated with me, uh, like kind of like a light bulb. Uh, post having these iPhones, yeah, I, I was a, I was an incessant reader my entire life from fourth grade on I probably read every book in the library from childbirth at, you know I was reading about like childbirth and psychology at five and six and seven years old. Um, wow. But and I, I probably buy five books a week, but I probably only read one book a week. Mm-hmm. And I notice that I have to buy the when I, I always buy the physical copy, but I end up buying the digital copy to read the last of it. Mm, interesting yeah so it's it's interesting what you're saying I want to make that um that's an inspiration for everybody watching this let's oh, read yeah. a book without a phone yes <laughs> <start> to finish <laughs> yes yeah. that's that's actually um one of one of my values is bringing bringing the gems of the past back into the present and so I feel very strongly about that about the social media, the tech world, the iPhone, post iPhone era. I feel so strongly about it. And, and um, that's, that aspect of that is sometimes um, woven into my retreats, mm. um, you know, a digital detox, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's digital detox. And, Tell me that. <laughs> yes. In <laughs> fact, um, I once spent a month off grid in Hawaii. And so it was all solar power. Um, there was no internet and I was really dreading it because mm. I thought, how the heck am I going to survive? Like no electricity, um, you know, waking up with the, sun, with the birds at 530 in the morning and going to sleep at eight every night. And there was really spotty internet um, and it wasn't very reliable. And I thought I was going to implode on myself but I didn't miss my phone at all. I didn't miss the internet. I felt so at peace. I felt like I was walking in a dream, like just meandering, doing this, you know, playing with animals, creating things. I just felt like I was in this flow dream state. And um, I just feel like we're kind of like drugged. We're almost like hypnotized. I mean, even scrolling through your phone, you see all these ads and all of these filters and images. And, you know, I just defy anyone to spend an hour on their phone and ask themselves, honestly, do I feel better? Do I feel good? Like, what is my emotional state right now? You know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love the practice of taking, taking little breaks. Yeah. While you were saying that I was processing, could I get away from my phone for a month? And it kind of, 
scared me because (laughs) I have so many people that are so reliant upon me and I'm so Mm -hmm. responsible for so many things, Mm -hmm. but what it would do if you set that intention is make you get really, really organized and get your systems in order so that it could run without you right there. So or even start like with a week, maybe inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you have to get your, your VAs in order to be able to handle everything behind the scenes, you got to get, that would really make you get your system. So that would make you get organized, get your systems in order and get everything running without you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, do you remember how, remember when we had, um, before call waiting, we would have a phone conversation with someone all the way through and then call waiting um, came along and we would click through and and drop someone in the middle of a conversation because, oh, we just had to take this urgent call, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't remember, you know, we forgot what life was like, you know, and, you know, during that era, we, we thought, well, I can't, I can't survive without call waiting. Then it was, I can't survive without an answering service. And now we're like, oh, I, well, I just don't know what I, I can't survive without an iPhone, without email, without the, the whole point is that we actually are in control and we're the ones that can proactively decide and create, you know, is this, you know what, I just want one week a month to shut off all the noise and to create, maybe even start with a weekend. I thought even a weekend would seem like a lot to someone, but my point in all of this is that once we realize that the, the earth doesn't stop on its axis and that our business will keep going. Um, and that's why, you know, in my retreats and events, I like creating those, you know, incubators, those um, conditions where it's actually okay. It's much better to do a digital detox when, when you're doing it with other people. I think it's easier. Mm-hmm. And it's 11-11 when you said that. Oh, cool. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this, this took an interesting turn, but it fits <laughs> in exactly with retreats, right? That's kind of what we went on is talking about your retreats and facilitating these retreats. Um, mm-hmm. And then now we're talking about detoxing from social media. So it's kind of like make your life a retreat. <laughs> Yeah. And that's important. Life is so much life is so much more fun when we incorporate all the pleasures and connections and important things in our daily life. We don't have to go to Hawaii for it. It's just fun. Right. For it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. For me, it's the retreats, the aspect of being more focused on offline and on an offline business than an online business is that my why, you know how they always say, what's your why? Well, my why is um, I want to do my part in sewing society, the fragments of society back together, because I believe we're so fragmented and so fractured as an American culture, we are already a little bit individualistic. I won't say narcissistic, but we're very individualistic. That's part of our DNA, right? The individual. Um, And so there's a lot of glory around that. 
but then like in the 80s 90s and it only seems to getting be getting worse and worse the political then there's the political divide on top of that which i feel like has gotten even worse you know in the social media age then on top of that then we have our iphones where everyone's in a bubble and they can't see that the grandmother across the street who's getting robbed because they're too focused on their phone or you know what i mean they don't hear that screen because their ear earbuds are in. we're such we're such um we're we're such in these little bubbles and so fragmented then we have the the pandemic and so then people are even further isolated and i'm just frankly a little pissed about it i want to see like people creating micro communities together and coming back together in per in person and and humanizing each other you know not behind getting off of zoom getting off the screen and just being in person and creating intentional communities and i just really feel like that's that is at least one of the panaceas to this you know isolation epidemic now i don't want to bash on zoom or the internet or technology because obviously there's so many things that we've been able to do to move society forward sharing ideas the arab spring all of that but but it's like i want us i want us to be able to use it rather than it using us and so that's my why for getting back into person yeah, you know, that made me think, I do these interviews all the time, a lot of interviews, a lot of research all the time. One of the, one of the things that's a very common conversation in these interviews is loneliness. As an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, people feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Even if they're online or on Zoom, doing coaching calls, healing sessions, all of those things, at the end of the day, it does not create the same connection as an in-person experience. Mm -hmm. And people feel lonely. We're not supposed to be alone. We are not supposed right. to be alone. And I know there's this whole thing out there about you got to learn to be alone when you master being alone. I, and there's, there is truth to that. Like if we're codependent or we're scared of being alone but in our overall life, we are not supposed to be alone. We're supposed to be family-oriented, community-oriented. Mm -hmm. And our society is set up in that structure as well. So it is it, built in. Um, however, then we have modern technologies that's pulling up, us away from that. But what you're saying is it's in our innate need to be connected, to be a part of something, to belong to be loved mm -hmm. and accepted. Every person is striving yes. for that. The bottom and the root of every pain, every struggle comes down to just wanting to be loved, accepted and belong. As John Lennon said, all you need is love. Or was it <laughs> McCartney, I don't remember. But it's so true. It's yep. so true. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, couldn't agree no. more. Your retreats obviously bring people together. You wanna to tell us a little bit more about that? about sure. facilitating a retreat, going and being a part of a retreat, all of those parts and pieces mm -hmm. for those who so, have never had experience. Absolutely. So, um, so basically I, I do about anywhere from four to 12 events a year, just depending on the scale of what I'm working on. 
But um, one of my events that I will definitely be doing over and over is my creator's incubator retreat. And that can be in different locations, but the next one will be in Hawaii. And I am hand selecting and inviting um, different artists, entrepreneurs, people from different industries and bringing them together. Probably the first one will be small, six to 10 people. Um, but the reason um, I wanted to leave the creator's incubator is to solve that very problem that you're talking about is the, um, and it's not a new innovative idea. It's just something that I think that we need is to bring different creators and leaders together because I do think creation is a dance of being alone and collaborating. Spending some time alone, then coming into your community and sharing your ideas and getting new, getting feedback. And so that's one of them, the Creators Incubator Retreats. And then I'm really excited to be leading another retreat with a lucid dreaming expert. Um, my own website is dreamlaunchnow.com. And what I've been helping women with over the past three or four years is helping them to actualize their dreams from conception to gestation to birth in the in the daydream world in the in the real world like how do I align with my purpose and produce something that is uniquely me not just like cookie cutter what everyone says I should create but what is what wants to be born from me and so um so I'm combining with this lucid dreaming expert she's going to handle the nighttime I'm going to handle the daytime and we're doing it in Hawaii so of course, I'm always interested to talk to people who would be interested in applying for that retreat. And if, they, if they're interested in learning more, they can go to dreamlaunchnow.com forward slash Hawaii hyphen retreat. So, um, and they can apply for a call there. So, I'll, yeah. I'll put that in the description so people oh, can great. click on it. Um, oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, I know. Yeah, the lucid dreaming and then having evening facilitations and different day facilitations. And I, I really appreciated, I appreciate your take on not overdoing it with the, with the retreats, the traveling workshops versus a real retreat. Mm -hmm. If you look up the definition of, I have a thing with words. I always look up the Yes. Oh, I'm an etymologist too. I love it. I'm such a <laughs> Well, it tells you so much about what we're saying unconsciously when we do that. And yes. so if you look at that retreat versus workshop, workshops have the word work in them. Retreat does not. <laughs> retreat means, mm -hmm. I, I don't have it pulled up here, but I'm assuming, and I'll look it up when we're done. Retreat, if you think about the word retreating, you're pulling back. Mm -hmm. And when we pull back, we give all kinds of space for magic to happen. A yes. workshop means you're going to be working. <laughs> right. Nobody wants to work. Right. Yes. And so the, the, the paradox about all of that is sometimes you get more work done in a retreat than you would a workshop because you're creating space. You know, I, I don't know how this works, but there is some weird magical woo woo thing that happens when, when you're not trying to fast track your career it's something mm -hmm. things happen when you're not forcing things things happen because so, you're present you're in the moment you're yes in an allowing state you're not mm -hmm. forcing well, I mean if you look at the law of attraction I like to just look at it like a magnet 
if you take a magnet, there's one end that pulls and one end that repels. And so when you're trying, you're on the repelling side of your energy, pushing, 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 mm. pushing. And when you push, you get force, you get pushed back. When you're attracting, there's no force. There's no pushback. It's all receiving. So that's what I think of. Mm -hmm. So I actually wanted to look up retreat. So mm -hmm. I'm looking, I'm reading the definition right now. So as a noun, the first definition is an act of moving back or withdrawing. So mm -hmm. I like, I think that's important. What are we withdrawing from the hustle and bustle, the routine, but then the first definition of the verb is to withdraw from, from enemy forces as a result of their superior power or after a defeat. So, okay. so I love that definition, even though, you know, it's not, this is obviously not meant for a military retreat, but I like it anyway, because if you feel like you're at a plateau as a, at a, as a business owner, or you feel exhausted, or you feel like, as I know so many entrepreneurs have felt, like you're about ready to give up. Like, I, I just don't know how much longer I can do that, do this. That's mm -hmm. the perfect time to just take a step back, reset and possibly go on a, go on a retreat, you know, mm -hmm. just, but yes, I love that. Um, I love what you said about that, about the law of attraction. Yeah. It's so while true. While we're looking up words, I did look up the word Meraki. And I oh, had, yes. I, I used to use that all the time, but when, when you came into my life, I was like, what does that mean? Like I had forgotten and it just mm -hmm. means passion and soul doing things with passion and soul. Yes. It's a Greek word. Yes. That uh, means to do something with absolute devotion. I love mm -hmm. devote the word devotion more than discipline because discipline feels very, you know, masculine. rigid. Yeah. It's very masculine. Devotion feels more heart centered and it's to pour all of yourself into something with yes. passion and purpose. And so, so that's why, you know, even though Cisco, I believe uses that word, <laughs> I mm -hmm. think they have a Meraki product, but, but yeah, it just really resonated with me. I do love that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And that's really what we're dealing with here with, you know, I work with healers and entrepreneurs that are facilitating transformation on some level. And that's the common denominator there. And everything you talked about in the beginning of this ease, doing something with ease and doing it from flow and alignment. And it wasn't practice for you or you weren't trying, you just were obsessed with it. That comes from your, mm -hmm. your spirit, your soul. That's following your soul, your purpose. I've always been a passion pursuer. I, I, I was never conscious. I just always did it from the time I was little. Um, mm -hmm. I just, if I wanted, if I liked it, I pursued it down to the littlest things, but it, it led me to divine timing along the way. And I can see exact divine timing moments in my life that led me to where I am right now in my career in the, the people I'm able to help and the di difference I'm able to make with, with people who are passionate about their businesses. They just want to profit in their business, but that passion seeking, that's what it feels like devotion. What are you devoted to? That's a question we should all ask ourselves. What are we devoted mm. to? 
And it'll show you your priorities and your values (laughs) really fast. Yes. Yes. It's so true. Um, I'd like to share a little hack that I just stumbled on myself um, that might actually help with finding out what we're devoted to. I don't know about everyone else listening to this, but I tend to be a major list making person. So I like plan out everything, you know, my quarter, my month, my weekly Mm. milestones. And then of course, like I've got my to-do list and I actually reduced it to six major things. But my point (laughs) is that my point is that that is a very masculine energy, the whole planning, right? Like, and then there's the crossing off, like you feel bad if you didn't get it all done. And it just felt so heavy. And I was talking to a, another entrepreneur friend and I told her, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse here. So my loud. Okay. Well, I'm unfiltered. <laughs> I, I told my friend, I said, you know what I'm going to do for this coming week? I'm this week is going to be all about giving zero fucks. I am throwing away my list. I, I have nothing planned. Nothing's on my list. And I'm just going to swim free in the open water and see what happens. And I really thought, I thought it was going to be like, it was going to turn into a week off. I had nothing I had to do. I had no lists to rely on. I had no calendar. I just had open space. And I thought it was going to be a throwaway week, but I was actually so productive. Um, I birthed the idea of a new project and I just went crazy inspiring it um, in inspiration, creating it. And my point is that like, I realized that I don't need to plan what I'm devoted to. It's just going to come out in my being. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing along with the challenging, challenging others to challenging the other entrepreneurs to do the digital detox, maybe for two days or even a week to um, give yourself a, a few days of unplanned, you know, no lists, no planning, just throw it all away. And um, just as an experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm processing. Am I devoted to that? I think I am. I just got to find a way to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm curious. I don't usually tell people to like leave comments or ask questions. You know, mm-hmm. these are recorded. Mm-hmm. But I am interested. So anybody listening to this let's make it a challenge that somebody, even if it's five hours of your day or four hours of your day mm-hmm. to detox from digital everything and see, see what happens. So leave a comment if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to take that challenge and then also leave a comment to let us know how it goes. Yes. Let's keep ourselves accountable. Just like declare what you're going to do. And then I think that's such a great, great challenge. Mm-hmm. I think I might have my group do it too. Are you in the group, the WhatsApp group? Um, I don't think so. No, well, I'll add you and you okay, can be cool. there. You can facilitate that challenge if you want. So fun. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a little scary, but it also yes. feels like you can tell the calm of your brain and the ideas. And it would give me permission to just pick up an extra book and read for enjoyment. I can feel that all taking place in there. Yeah. Well, a lot of, and, and, um, Dr. Gabor Mate would, would, um, he speaks to this. Um, but 
a lot of what's going on is just like when you have a breakup and you're devastated, you're actually going through neurochemical, um, you're, you're breaking an addiction to a mm. person through chemicals in your brain, um, dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin. It's the same thing with our phones. That's why if we think that we've lost our phones, we feel like we've lost, we go into panic mode. Like, oh my God, where's my phone? Like, it's, it's almost like it's a, a person, like we've mm-hmm. anthropomorphized our phone. So, so just to be a little gentle with yourself, um, to, to realize that, well, this is actually an addiction. Let's just call it what it is. It's an addiction. Um, and so it feels scary. I mean, I'm, I'm um, three years sober. So I know all about breaking addictions and how scary it can be, you know, the first day and the first 30 days um, of breaking addictions. So, well, good job on that. Congratulations. What it made me think of before you brought up the addiction, I thought of sugar. So for me, when I've had sugar, I, I crave it for about, Mm -hmm. if I had, if I, I, that's why I just have to make it an absolute non-negotiable in my life, because if I have sugar, then all of a sudden I just want more sugar and more sugar and more sugar. And it takes me three days of torturing my soul of not having the sugar before I stop wanting the sugar again, three days. And it's, this resonates as true neurochemical addiction to stimulation because that's what it is with it's instant gratification and stimulation mm-hmm. with our devices mm-hmm. and so it probably would take about three days and that those chemicals will be gone and you won't need them it'll re it'll shift and reconfigure it I, boom sure. boom yeah three days the three-day digital detox retreat <laughs> <laughs> yep let's do it <laughs> i love it yeah well, it was so great to have you on here and to talk about all this stuff. And I think it's an inspiring conversation to have, and hopefully people got a lot out of it, but share with us what you got going on and how people can get a hold of you if they would like to participate in one of these retreats that you've got. Absolutely. Well, there's, there's a couple of ways, either you could do it the easy way. You could just email me at Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E at dreamlaunchnow.com. I, I always would love to hear your stories and experiences with the challenges. Or if you just want to learn about my upcoming retreats, you can go to dreamlaunchnow.com and go to my events page. um, And that will lead you to all the information about upcoming retreats. That's great. Then no matter when they're listening to this, they'll get the the most availability. That's great. Well, I appreciated this call very much. Thank you for being on here. is there anything yeah, else you, you want to leave me. with these amazing people listening? Um, go hug a tree. <laughs> <Good advice. laughs> hug a tree and throw your phone away. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christy. You're welcome. And we'll see you on the next one. Okay. Yes, you can, re- you can record it. Okay. So this might be a little controversial, but most of the human design charts out there, if you get your free chart, um, you'll get something totally different than what I'm um, giving you because this is off of the 13 13 moon sidereal chart, which Mm -hmm. is, that's a a long long story, but basically um, 
the tropical chart is based on where the stars were thousands of years ago. Um, and so it's very different. So um, the truth is I'm not a Libra, I'm a Virgo. And the truth is I'm not a generator. I'm not a five, one generator. I'm a three, five manifester. And you, I think, I think you believe that you're a generator or what was it that you? Yeah, I never had an official reading. I just went online okay. and looked it up. Okay. I, well, I think I, I think I found in that process that I was a manifesting generator. Okay. Well, manifesting generator is very, very different than a projector. And that's what my chart says that you are is okay. a, and pro projectors are not designed to work the way the rest of the world works. Generators and mm -hmm. manifesting generators are like nine to five balls to the wall. You actually you are here to guide you're definitely a guide and you have great intuitive wisdom and you're here to guide the generators and the manifesting generators and you need to have periods of rest like you really should be setting up your business and system so that you only work half a day because you can burn out like the projectors can really um can get sick and ill if they try to work like a generator um so I'm with a generator and he expects me to work like a generator oh no and I'm always like you're gonna kill me, <laughs> you're gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah so that's just not the way that's not your design literally it's not your design um and so yeah projectors are about managing and guiding and directing the energy of others so that's so me yeah so that that's why I feel like the sidereal charts are are on it um so the thing with the different energy types the projector um there's a strategy for each type to be fully aligned right so my strategy as a manifester is to inform and persuade so before i take action on something i'm supposed to inform someone that i'm doing something yours is wait for a recognition and an invitation. And the reason that is, is because when you walk so into a room, when you walk into the room, you've got a very pointed aura, like people notice you, like people will notice you when you come. So you, if you try to make things happen, um, then they either won't, they won't feel aligned or you'll feel exhausted. It's just not correct for you. So that doesn't mean that you can't do anything in your business, that you can't take initiative. It just means that you need to be in places where people notice you and recognize you. And anytime anyone gives you an invitation, whether it's over email or in person or whatever it is, um, it even could be an ad of someone, you know, inviting you. So your strategy is to wait for a recognition and invitation. Your authority is how you make decisions, right? So my authority is emotional authority. And what that means is I cannot make any in the moment impulsive decisions. It means I have to wait 24 to 72 hours to kind of like wait until I'm emotionally clear. Like, but your authority is splenic authority. Now guess what that is? The is spleen, that? Here's the splenic center. And it basically, it is like a survival and this is um, fight or flight. And it's, this is like a very intuitive, center and so the splenic basically all of your best decisions like 
no matter what it is, whether it's relationships or what to do for career, you will have a boom instant. Like you'll instantly know like a spidey sense you'll get, you'll get a, a yes or you'll get a no. I do get that. That is <laughs> Yeah. So, so the challenge for you is because one thing that human design teaches is that we're not meant to use our mind to make decisions. That's how we create a health. Like we, we make decisions in our body. So for me, it's in my emotions for you. You get that instant, you'll get a yes. Like if someone asks you a question, if you, if you ever have trouble making a decision, have someone ask you a question. I mean, you should have gotten a flash on it, but you'll get a yes. But then if you don't abide by that, yes, if you don't follow that, yes, then you're going to get stuck and you're not going to get the yes again. You're going to start getting confused. You'll roll it around in your mind. Um, You'll try to maybe, I don't know if you do this or not, but some people will try to do the pros and cons list and they get stuck or they might ask someone else for advice. But the pros and cons list has never worked for me. Yeah. Because I understand cons. I understand yeah. why we have cons. And then my brain thinks around the whole, every direction. And so it doesn't work for me. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you're blessed with an instant knowing. So anytime you hear that, yes, just follow it, follow it. That's how you make aligned decisions. And even with some of your relationships, maybe over the past Maybe you got an instant feeling about someone and then it it didn't work out. And then you're like, oh yeah, like I should have listened to myself. Same with relationships. Um, That's splenic. So the thing about projectors is when you are fully aligned and fulfilled, you will be successful. And so your not self is in bitterness. So if you feel like things are- You are so describing me to a team. I know, isn't it fun? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, not all the other types need to be successful, but your type needs to be mm-hmm. successful to feel um, aligned and, and fulfilled. And so part of that is waiting for recognition and the invitation and then making the right decisions through your splenic, checking in with your gut, like what is my instant? And the, but, the funny thing about all this is I know who I am. Yeah, I right. think I have declared it. I try to yeah. tell my partner, this is how I work. This is how <laughs> I work best. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time yes. I know myself. I you're just yes. articulating it in a way that's like, yeah, of course. Like mm-hmm. mission almost. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. That's exactly me. And you know, here's something else I want to share about your partner is that for projectors, they, they definitely are energized by generators and it, like they can give you energy, but it's good for projectors at least one or two nights to sleep alone because you will, you can absorb the energy from generators and um, it can actually leave you de- depleted. So it's good for you. Maybe even if it's like one day every two weeks to spend sp- some time alone to reset and recharge. I spend a lot of time alone. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I do pick up energy from other people and I have to separate from it and I know when I'm doing it. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So let's see. So your incarnation cross, the reason that you're here or your life theme or your life life path is the right angle cross of the unexpected. So um, let me get my book. Where's my book here? I had it here. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. 
I can read this to you if you want, but um, so the right angle cross of unexpected, there might be some twists and turns in your life. And to part of your life path is to indulge the uncertainties and the unexpected. And um, let me just read it, read it to you briefly. You're born in perhaps one of the most remarkable incarnations in that you bring the unexpectedness of radical change to your life and to the lives of everyone around you. You bring awareness and influence even in the face of uncertainty and the unknowable aspects of life, as well as a very caring nature that quietly considers how to squeeze the most out of life. Um, if you accept and embrace everything that life sends your way with an openness and readiness to face any challenges, then you'll never be discouraged when you express your unusual dreams, visions, and caring with the world. Trust your own unique abilities, which do not necessarily follow everyone else's concepts of what is supposed to happen in life. Mm -hmm. I always um, tell people, might not be what you think it's supposed to be, but if you just listen to me and trust me, things will be good. Yes. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, with the conscious sun in gate 27, you bring a special quality of nurturing and caring to the world, often giving consideration and support to the people you meet in ways that far exceed society's normal expectations. Um, be watchful that the caregiving and caretaking that happens in your life is balanced. If you're drawn to give your energy and resources to anyone or alternatively receive resources from people around you, be clear about the real and present needs of each situation. Um, life is a mystery that you're here to explore. And whenever people insist that things can only happen only in certain ways, you often prove the opposite by pointing out or demonstrating all kinds of alternatives. So it's all about newfound interesting possibilities and the unexpected. You're like a lightning rod who draws change to yourself and to, and to others. But with the projector, projectors are here. Projectors are kind of visionaries who they're always, they're here about improving systems, you know, improving ways to do things. It's one of the more recent types. Everything. I don't, I don't think, what? And, and people. People, yeah. like, I can't see a person or feel a person without knowing how to make everything better for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so your, your profile is three, five, which is um, the same as mine, martyr heretic. And so your conscious line is a three. And that is, even though it says martyr, let's just forget that. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really the, um, it's um, a material line. So, so material, I mean, you're here to create wealth in the material realm, but you're also here to try things and experiment. So for line threes, there is never any, there are never any failures. Like you're, you're designed to try shit, just try things and experiment with them. And the That's line five. Yeah. So never like always try new things. And it's part of your part of expressing your purpose. And then line five is they call it the heretic. They call it the truth teller. They call it the voice, the, the general, the the problem solver, the crisis manager, but line fives are, are transpersonal. So they're the unconscious line in you is line five. So you're here to, um, to help, the masses in crises and or um, 
give them practical solutions to problems like a general would. And then also get in and get out. So that's a line where people can project onto us a lot of times, like you, you, you're either a saint or devil. So when people meet you, they might feel like, oh, you can solve all my problems. And if you can deliver on what, you know, on what they came to you for and then get out, then it'll be good. If you um, hold, if you stay too long, the line five is a line of kings and queens. So it, you're not meant to be like in the masses all the time. Like, so it's like, you know, go out and deliver your message or something new that you have to share and then leave and, okay. and rest and restore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's me. Yeah. Isn't it wild? So I knew that this was accurate. <laughs> um, also, what's interesting is that you've got two channels. So I'll just show you what this looks like. So, okay. So do you see, so this is a full channel. See how this one here is it's colored in uh-huh. all the way through. That's a full channel. So that's basically like, I call it a blessing. And then you've got another one down here. So you've got the channel of inspiration, the eight one, and then you have the channel of struggle. So that, so that channel is like, you're a fighter, you're stubborn, but you're, you're a warrior. You've got warrior energy in you. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's part of what you're good at is that the sturdiness and the, I will figure it out, or I'm going to, applied to your relationships, you, you would be like the person that was like, we're going to work it out. You know, like we'll figure it out. To a fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always a shadow side to all of, to all of these, but the eight one is like, is inspiration, but it's, it's also the, the channel of the promoter. So you're actually great at promoting. This is, some people call this channel, the, the artist promoter, the Um, so you're, you're good at finding people who are talented and promoting them or Mm -hmm. elevating them through your systems. Mm -hmm. Um, that you say that because I feel it so deeply. So what I've been offering through these calls is my brand trigger course, but I'm, I'm very sensitive. It's all done through my internal channeling channels of feeling, and Mm -hmm. I'll get somebody on here. And it feels a certain way. And I'm like, I got to get them off of here. <laughs> but then there's those ones that you could spend all day with. And you, mm-hmm. and then you know you can help them. There's the people that are like, enroll, enroll, enroll. I can help you and it'll be fast. And then there are those people like, there's nothing I can do for you ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yes. I feel it so strongly. Like I know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's your splenic too. It's like an instant knowing. Yeah. Um. Okay, so, so, okay, so the thing with the projector is if you're using your energy correctly, you'll be respected and sought after. So you'll never need to chase anything. You'll never need to create opportunities. You can share and guide and. Um, That's me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not using your, your energy correctly, so this is kind of like a map almost, you know, how like how they say anger is a map that our boundaries have been crossed in some way or we've been hurt. Well, if you're if you're being perceived ever by people as bitter, pushy, bossy, nosy, annoying, or you're simply being ignored, not heard, then that means your energy isn't being used correctly. And what that means is that would be my be- relationship. That's okay. my relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Perfect. So, so my sense would be, now one of the things you can do to correct that imbalance is to wait to be asked in relationships before sharing any advice or opinions or feedback, guidance or direction. So that's part of being the projector is like wait for recognition and an invitation. Yeah. Um, so interesting. Cause the problem is I ask for recognition because I feed off of it. It feeds me to do things like to succeed yes. in life. And yes. I get, that's where I get pushback. Like, Oh, you're insecure. No, actually it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had therapy that has confirmed it. My intuition, I just don't have the articulation of it. And this is giving me that articulation. Yeah, projectors need to be around people who appreciate and recognize them. So uh, here's like a hack. Like if I were a projector and I were was experiencing what you were, I would do. I would pull the Dolly Parton approach and um, just be gone for a while, because that's an easy way to like increase respect and honor. Um, you know, it's not playing games, but just like how how can you how can sometimes men need actions like to, to actually get it. You know, they don't listen to our words. It just like goes in one ear and out the other. But if, if we disappear and they realize like how much they really appreciate us, I don't know. It's just an idea. Um, so, okay. So, um, it's hard to disappear when you live with them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but like you you can like I'm leaving I'm going to Florida in, in December but I need something yeah. sooner <laughs> yeah like like a girl's weekend or I don't know like an overnight or something that he doesn't expect you know what I mean yeah. um okay so okay so I I also circled a couple of these numbers here in your chart your where your Venus is this is what you value in relationships. So I don't know if okay. this is, this will help you. But yeah, I want to hear this. Okay. So you've got your conscious Venus in your personality Venus in three gate three, one. So that's synthesis. So one of the things that you value is someone who can transcend confusion and create order. So, and, and also in your, not only in the person, but also in your relationships, you need someone who can see a clear path and can create order out of chaos and, and sees a visible resolution and can be like, Oh, you know, we got this, this. Okay. So the partner that I have, Jeffrey's his name, Mm -hmm. he does this beautifully in business. That's why I want him. And I've always drawn him, been attracted to that side of him. And on the relationship side, he creates confusion. So that's where this is twisty in the relationship because it's opposite on that end of it. It's Mm. very confused. It's lies, deception, cheating, and Mm. then manipulating. Oh no, it's you. You're that kind of girl. You're jealous. You're this. It's very confusing. So it fucks with me. And I tell him all the time, with my head. And and so that's my battle. Like I I value it so much, but there's Mm -hmm. so much. And it's so clear on the business side. It's clean. It's clear. That's what the attribution to my life is on this side. It's mm-hmm. dirty and gross and low vibrational and unethical and low integrity and yucky. Yeah. That's not so it's good. Like torn, it's very torn in my spirit all the time. But then there's that yeah. transcendent part of me that really understands this isn't me. It's not who I am. I've never been this, 
It's right. him. And so I'm this yeah. healer person and I have patience and love to see somebody through their torture because that's his torture, his soul mm-hmm. is torture. Right. Right. And torn and he can't face himself. So he runs off with other yeah. women who are very low vibrational. He surrounds himself with women that are very, very low vibrational. Um, mm-hmm. And he feels a certain way about that. So, but I have the clarity of it, but then he yeah. comes in and creates the confusion of it. So it, it's very interesting on both sides yeah. of this. It's so clear on this side. It's interesting. So one thing that's very important for projectors is that environment really is everything. Oh my God. It is so, and that's that I've had a hard time since I moved in here because it's, it's not high vibrational environment. It's hard to keep that. And people come into my house and like, it's so high. It's so lovely. Everything, everybody loves the energy of my home, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel in it. What I feel in it, the deeper side of it. Yeah. Interesting. This is good stuff. Yeah. And then the other one is, um, okay, well, I'm just going to say it. You've got the 58 gate, which is the, the gate of joy of joy. So you need, okay. So, and this might be part of the reason why you're willing to make some concessions or compromises in how you're feeling, which is icky. And it's probably, I'll just say it probably a little toxic, right? Like super toxic, mm-hmm. some toxic patterns there. Yeah. And I'm but, so intuitive. Um, I feel it. I know when he's on the phone with somebody with, yeah, I know exactly his energy oh. down to the T. I know every, ugh, and yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't want that for <laughs> don't you. Be sorry. Don't be sorry. I choose to be <laughs> okay. there, but, okay. but I am working it out and you're, you're yeah. helping me. So good. So, um, the 58 three is, is, um, electricity. So you need someone who is like, who has vitality and it has the energy to stimulation basically is the key to joy. So I call this like someone who I has a zest say that for all life. The time. Oh my God. Yes. And yeah, that, you need an alpha too. In my relationship, that's not something that energy does not exist from that part. But no. I go towards my friends. So, you yeah. know, Tanya runs this group with me because she's always feeding me. She's validating me all the time. And Good. I go there. All, yeah. And, but it's a healthy, it's healthy. We do it. Yeah. For each it's it's right. constructive criticism where it's necessary, but it's loving. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, Christy, yeah. you're doing this. You're, this isn't working. You know, it's, it's very um, positive in every way around. Yeah. It. And we have understanding of each other, even if we can't say it like this is going to come out real bad. So just hear it for the message, you know, like that kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> like I don't yeah. when I'm saying this, but this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like what you value in your relationships is that stimulation and electricity and vitality. Um, but you also like really value like alphas, like alpha energy, alpha That's women, him. Yeah. alpha men. I mean, because I, I couldn't, I'm a strong personality. I couldn't be with a weak man, mm-hmm. push him over. I would just be pushing him over all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that would never turn me on. I could never do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to just share, this popped out of me, what you're here to um, teach and share. Like this is in your Mercury. So we've got the gate 27, which is you have the 27 in two places. So your life's work is in that caring, compassion, nurturing, giving the people the tools they need to be self-sufficient, right? 
but then it's also in what you're here to share. And so, um, and then you have the line four, which is sales and heart-centered creating opportunities. So you could um, teach or share about, um, I don't know what aspects, I mean, maybe with your podcast, but like something about really nurturing, nurturing women and possibly like getting them through their roadblocks and stuff. Oh yeah, that's but also also the fighter thing. The gate 38 is that like fighter. Like I'm not giving up the warrior, the struggler, but line two is um the hermit, which is someone who you're very talented at. Like, for example, some of the struggles that you've had throughout your life, um, it's very likely that maybe you could speak about them and help other women. But yeah. there's some aspect of like translating what you've fought through and prevailed through to share your it's in your chart to sh to share about that um with other people yeah. also I just want to ask you about this this is just my own curiosity okay. do you have any near maybe I already asked you this but did you have a near-death experience ever um, well, when I, there's twice, one time when I was a freshman in high school, my appendix burst and nobody believed me that I was sick. They kept saying, <gasps> is something happened at school? Is it emotional? Because I'm strong. So I was literally dying and I was showing up to volleyball practice and I couldn't lift my arms because my appendix had burst and they ended up air lifing oh me. They ended up air lifing me. I was in the hospital for like a month over an appendix because <laughs> nobody believed me that I was sick. Um, so I would think that would be the only near death yeah. thing I've really ever experienced. Yeah. Because you have the gate of 51, which is the gate of shock. And um, a lot of times when people have that gate, they've had near death experiences or close calls. So I was just curious. Um, uh, so basically there's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's 26, there actually, there's actually more than 26, but here's 26 placements here. There, I mean, there's so much in this chart, like you have no idea. So um, this is like one of the aspects, um, like sometimes I'll give people a VIP day on human design, but then, um, um, and you, my point is like, you can go really deep into it. It's kind of hard. Well, one thing I really see Clearly, so I have this process when somebody signs up and works with me and it's the very first thing I do with anybody. And you probably see me, I do a, have you ever had a brand assessment? That's what I post. And then they get on the phone mm. with me and what it is, oh. you, you, you called it out in this chart. There were three things. So I call it transformation, spirituality, and confidence. So you use different words, but you described mm -hmm. it to a T. And mm -hmm. so once you find those core values, the three top core values of your soul and your spirit, they directly yeah. translate to your brand, either unconsciously or wow. consciously. And if your brand is not aligned, it's, it won't, you're, you're putting out the wrong energy. You're not going to get results. And so what happens most of the time is people see how aligned they are. And then we just make a couple tweaks. Um, <gasps> but I saw the direct correlation in one aspect of it that we were talking about too many things for me to bring it up at the moment, but I saw that direct correlation and I'm like, I need to partner with human design people with not with the course I'm doing. Cause it's only yeah. a 500 course right now, but like a, a deeper course where we could really 
connect and collaborate with the whole yeah. alignment of their business would be really powerful. Or I just need to study, totally. human, but you know, no, totally. It's huge. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, everything is in here. Um, there's also, um, a gate for your desk work or vocation. And so how that's different from your life's work or your life's purpose is that if you just need access to cash, like quickly, what is the most innate thing for you for making money? Yours is gate eight, which is, um, which is a cre creative gate and it's promotion. So let me just actually give you some more verbiage around that. But I thought you were going to give me, I, for a second there, I thought you were going to give me a brand assessment, assessment because oh, I, I will. Think, oh, you I'll will? do it. Because yeah, I can't do it right now because I have another call, but oh, okay. Um, if we, if you want to jump on like, um, like Sunday, yeah, um, I'll super happy to do I would it. I'd love can, to. Then you can, um, compare it to your chart. Okay. So gate eight is individual creative contribution to group goals. So that the collective and community are ultimately enriched and mutated as a result. You have within you the potential for innovative leadership as a living example of an innovative lifestyle when you follow your strategy and authority. And you have an eye for promoting and empowering the unique talents and visions of others. Mm -hmm. So or if you were in music, you'd be an A&R guy or, um, yeah, or, or the art dealer. It's also called the art dealer. Yeah, I always said I would be good at that. I was, I've always been drawn to that direction, Very but I interesting. pursued it. Mm -hmm. Super yeah. interesting. Well, thank you so much for this. Yeah. I had so much fun. Um, Sunday, I'll send you a, a, I have a couple of calls on Sunday, but anything after, well, anything, I could do 1130 or I can do anything after one. Okay. Where are you at? What time zone? Yeah, I could do. I have a couple clients. So yeah, four for me. That's one for you should be good. Four on set, one o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. For me. Okay. And also, are you going to share the link so that I can help promote your episode? Yep. Our episode. That's so fun. Yep. I'm going to work on those tomorrow. Getting some of these okay. done. So I should have it up and to you tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So when and is it going to be the link for the WhatsApp group so you can post in there too? Okay, okay cool. Yeah. So when is the episode um, scheduled to be published? Do we have time? I'm hoping to get it done tomorrow, but if not, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye-bye.